understanding that motivation isn't real. It's, it's something that, you know, comes, it, it, yep. it's something that's going to get you started, right? It's that feeling like the initial jolt, like, boom, okay, now I'm awake. I see this. I see the future in five years. Now I'm going to reverse engineer and go get this. Mm. But what happens is, you know, your dog will throw up on the carpet or your kids will get sick and that motivation's gone. So the yeah. most important thing in building mental toughness and all that kind of stuff, all those, you know, buzzwords that we all like to use because they're real is do the hard things first thing in the morning and stay disciplined to that no matter what. Because, you know, if I only operated at 100% capacity on the days that I felt like it, I might as well sleep 75 to 85% of the time. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy and her team down at Tranquil Turtle Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. My wife and I see her and her team every single month for couples massage, and I'm telling you, it is the best thing ever. She specializes in Hanu infusion, Hanu Ashiatsu, Gua Sha, and manual lymphatic drainage. If you need a massage to get you feeling good and relaxed, make sure to reach out to Tracy and her team down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. Also mention that I sent you and you get 25 bucks off your massage package. Also check out CBA Brows and Body Ink where Tracy offers the best tattoo brows and plasma fibroblasting tightening with the first ever Aurora Pro Plasma Titan Machine, not a plasma pen. And don't forget to tell Tracy that I sent you to save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows or plasma tightening. Sean, you're a husband, you're a father, you're an author, keynote speaker, you're the host of Determined Society podcast, you're a coach, sales leader, you've been featured on Forbes and so much more, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Hey, bro. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, the, the, the moment you asked me to be on your show, I'm like, dude, I dig this guy's vibe so much. We're connected with so many different people. I just, yeah. I learned that. Like at first I thought it was just Craig, but it's just, it's, it's like a spider web of people that, you know, we are connected with. So the pleasure is all mine. I've been looking forward to this all week, dude. Right on. Yeah. The power of podcasting, man. I'll tell you, it's, it seems like there's so many podcasts out there, but the circle is pretty small, man. I think, <laughs> but bro, it's like, listen, I have made so many good friends doing yeah. this. Yeah. It is something that, you know, I heard you on another podcast. It was like that you, that you did. It was just like, at first you just want to talk to some really cool people, right? Yeah. Totally. It was with Brian Covey. You just want to talk to really cool people. And, um, you know, then you realize like, oh my gosh, like I'm making friends. Like this is really cool. Totally. Yeah. Man, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, I love to kick my show off. I go back a bit. Like, tell me about where did you grow up, man? What was childhood like for you? Oh, man, I grew up in Walnut Creek, California, Con Concord, California, born in Walnut Creek. So okay. San Francisco Bay. And uh, I grew up just loving baseball. You know, I just my I watched my uncle and my cousins play. And um, it was just something that I wanted to be a part of early on in my in my childhood. And I remember going to the baseball fields and just watching them just modeling this amazing competitive behavior. And automatically it was just like, you know, they say it's in your blood and it's just like, it was ingrained in me. It's yeah. what I wanted to do. I mean, I was, I can remember being, being two to three, two to four years old, you know, and cause I remember back then about being on the baseball field. It's strange what I remember Yeah, and my eyes just itching because of the, the allergies and <laughs> they're red and, and I would be kicking and screaming like for my grandma and my mom, not to take me away from the baseball field. Yeah. And so as I grew up, you know, that was just something that, that was my identity. That's what I did. And uh, you know, my, my, my biological father, I don't know at all. I mean, I've been around him a little bit, yeah. um, but you know, I'm a product of a blended household. Uh, my, my mom, not blended, but you know, I had a stepfather and sure. you know, he raised me. And so there was a lot of tough love and a lot of misdirected, um, I would say motivation, right? Mm -hmm. It was the negative, it was the, it was a negative motivation that I responded to because that's what I thought that was normal as a kid. 
Yeah. Yeah. You because know, that's what, you know, my dad motivated me as like, hey, if you're not a baseball player, if you don't make it the big leagues, you ain't SHIT. Like you're, you yeah. don't have any other skills. Sure. And I always said, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, people like me. I can communicate. Like, I'm fun. Um, I, you know, I, I think I could, you know, use my personality. And he laughed at me. Mm. He laughed at me, bro. Like, wow. So my whole life, I, I grew up feeling I was useless because I didn't make it to the big leagues. And so, but here we are using my personality, my voice. And um, I think I've done pretty well in life. So that's just a Reader Digest version um, of my childhood. I, I did play Division One baseball at Louisiana State University. Nice. Played in the um, 2003 College World Series. Okay. We got beat, we got beat pretty bad in in, uh, in that series. And then, you know, I just I ended up in Florida after the um, you know economic meltdown in sure. the 2000s, right? Yeah. And I got into co- uh, teaching and coaching. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a baseball coach. Yeah. And then I had my kid. My first, my first child and he was a baby and I was never home. I never saw him. You know, I was always coaching somebody else's kid. Yeah. And so, you know, I decided I'm like, well, maybe I'll just get back into sales. Cause I really don't have a lot of money either. Right. I yeah, mean, as yeah, a teacher, yeah. You're, yeah. you're looking you're waiting for uh, the end of the end of the year balance of contracts. So you're like, oh my gosh, I just got a $5,000 check. I am loaded. Right. <laughs> and totally. uh, exactly. So, I mean, I remember sitting there thinking of ways I could make $55,000 and I said, if I can make $55,000 in a year, my life, our lives are changed. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, and, 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 uh, <laughs> no, it's not life changing money. Sorry guys. I was, I was ignorant to fact back then, but, uh, sure. you know, I realized that, you know what, maybe I'll get back into sales. And I caught on with a fortune uh, 500 company, HR payroll, um, sales service. It was business to business. And I went from completely broke to making high six figures in six months. Come on. And here we are. You know, um, I, I, I do take great pride in, in me as a salesperson, yeah. a high, high level corporate salesperson. And then now I'm teaching other sales individuals to do the same thing that I did that are struggling to make a real difference in their lives, man. And in their families' lives, man, I love that dude. And, and you talk about, I mean, you're, you're a top leader in sales and, and sales, you can sometimes you eat like Kings and sometimes you have top ramen months, man. I've done sales for like 20 years, man. And, and some months are really good and some of them aren't so well, but what's the greatest lesson that you've learned being in sales? Man, not, don't get too high. Don't get too low, bro. Yeah. You know, because like, here's the thing you're going, like you said, you're going to have those months where you're just like, man, I'm full. I'm a King. Yeah. And you're going to have those months that are just really bad. And so it's very important, two things when those things happen, right? One, recognize that it's not forever, yep. okay? Um, you're not going to hit a 1,000. You're not going to bat a 1,000 every single time. You know, you're going you're gonna to strike out. You're going to make out, period, in a story. But then I think you go a little bit deeper and understand, and you can recognize this as a salesperson, why did I have a bad month? Mm-hmm. It's because I was full, right? Maybe after that big month, I didn't prospect and I didn't have the activity like I did the two to three months prior to that big month I just had. So then you remember, okay, I got to go hit off the tee every single day. And that's a metaphor for people listening about baseball. You know, when you're, when you're going well, um, you tend to stray away from the, the, the fundamentals that got you to where you're at, right? Then you struggle. So, you know, I think that's the second thing that I really focus on is like, okay, one, this is not going to last forever. Two, how could you have controlled this? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's power I mean, in that, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and it does take a certain mindset and mental toughness to be successful in, in sales and life and in business. What do you feel are the keys to developing the right mindset and mental toughness to achieving anything, really? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, the biggest thing is discipline, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's the understanding of, and I don't know if this answers it directly, but, um, you know, understanding that motivation isn't 
real. It's, it's something that, you know, comes, it, it, yep. it's something that's going to get you started, right? It's that feeling like the initial jolt, like, boom, okay, now I'm awake. I see this. I see the future in five years. Now I'm going to reverse engineer and go get this. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, you know, your dog will throw up on the carpet or your kids will get sick and that motivation's gone. So the yeah. most important thing in building mental toughness and all that kind of stuff, all those, you know, buzzwords that we all like to use because they're real is do the hard things first thing in the morning and stay disciplined to that no matter what. Because, you know, if I only operated at 100% capacity on the days that I felt like it, I might as well sleep 75 to 85% of the time. Mm-hmm. Because I, yeah. I'm not a motivated, I don't wake up every day motivated. I wake up tired. Yeah. I wake up, you know, exhausted. And it's, it's not, you know, a lot of people will come back, well, how's your nutrition? How's your sleep? You know, like, you know, yada, yada. What it really is, is when, and you can, you can attest to this because you're such a high level individual, you know, you're in sales for, you know, for a lot of years and Thank you. you do this great podcast and you coach people and, and, and you give, you give your, you give your whole soul every day. Yep. You don't, you don't recover from that in seven, eight hours. You wake up tired. <laughs> for so sure. The, the key, right. So, you know, as you know, the key is to wake up and do it anyway, because it's your purpose. Mm. Come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on morning routines. I get up at 4 a.m. six days a week because I still work that full-time job as of right now. So um, do I. Yeah, you know? it's great. Yeah. And it just, uh, um, you know, I've been working, it's a great company to work for, but, and they allow me to do this stuff during the day. Uh, but my end goal is right. Full-time podcasting, coaching, speaking, things like that. Mom. For you, what does that morning routine look like? And when you do slip off those habits, man, how do you get back on track? Oh man, it's a great question. Um, my habit is just like yours. I'm up at four, mm. right? Come on. I'm up at four every single day. I'm, I'm in the gym, uh, by four 35 in the morning, you know, I'll walk out, I'll have my clothes laid out the night before. I'll put them on, brush my teeth, walk downstairs, take my pre-workout, get my pre-lift pre, uh, shaken, right? Get yeah. some protein in me right away. Um, and I go lift, man. And, and, that, and that's it. You know, I, I, I lift and then I get home by 6 a.m. You know, God willing, my kids aren't fighting by then. Sure. And uh, <laughs> I walk in. You never know what, you, what I'm going to walk into on the other side of that door that early in the morning. You did, totally. I, <laughs> I come in and, you know, I, I, I make their lunch for school. I yep. make their breakfast and I sit down with them and I enjoy them in the morning. Mostly, <laughs> mostly enjoy them. Sure. And then when they get to school, it's time to roll. Right. Mm. When I fall off that track, let's, let's give a, a, a current event example of that. Uh, the hurricane Ian, right. Yeah. We're, we're sitting here right now in Fort Myers, Florida. And, you know, I would say there's maybe one or two gyms open in the area. And one of them is mine, um, but it's not 24 hours right now. Okay. And I'm, so, you know, like it, they're telling me like, Hey, we're open from nine to nine. Well, it's like, well, then I got like a three hour window. I can get in there. So I just, you know, I think what's important is when you fall off that routine, whether it's self-inflicted because that does happen mm-hmm. or things happen that are out of your control, you, know, you gotta think about what can you do? What, what, what can you control? And then you control those controllables and then you don't worry about anything else. Come on. Oh, that's so good. Your schedule is almost identical to mine. So when I get up at four o'clock, I'm in the morning, you know, uh, I'm spending time in prayer and and, and working out right now and um, doing spending time in personal development. And then I go downstairs and I wake my kids up and I make their breakfast and make their lunches. And then I come up here to work at at eight o'clock, man. So almost identical schedule. That's so funny. (laughs) How many kids do you have? My kids are uh, 12 and nine. Yeah, just two right now. Okay. Okay. We're done. We're not having any more. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude, because you're going to go from man to zone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for now. sure. I mean, I've, I've, that when you, when you go into zone coverage for the first time, it's, it's frightening. That, that but, was our uh, plan too. We're like, yeah. dude, we cannot go off out of man to man, man. <laughs> yeah. We got, I uh, got an, uh, almost nine, a six okay. and an almost four. Okay. And, wow. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard for my four year old because she just got home from daycare. She's like, I want to see you. And I'm like, 
sure. give me a half hour, you know, like, yeah. you know, they want, they want to see you. Um, that's the blessing and the curse of having the podcast studio at the house. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I've worked at home full time since 2015. So the majority mm. of my kids life, they've seen me nowhere but home. So I've not gone to the office or anything like that since I've you know, basically their whole life. So they know that I'm just up the stairs if they ever need anything. So sometimes you're still, they're like, you're still blessed. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, man. That's so cool. Uh, it, it's been fun for people that get into positions like sales and podcasting. We start to, you know, we start to get a little bit of a rise in, you know, popularity, but then we start to get this imposter syndrome. I know that I've dealt with that before. <laughs> like, how do you, how do folks deal with imposter syndrome, man? You have to take inventory of what you've done in your life. Yeah. Okay. So here, here's the exercise that I do um, because I get it probably two or three times a week. I'm sorry. It is what it is. We're human beings. You know, we're doing big things. We're interviewing. I mean, I'm on this amazing show with you, right? And, you know, you're going to be on my show soon. Yeah. And we've both been on gr big shows and we've both had really big guests on our shows. And, and you know, I'd venture to say like, hey, um, who am I, right? What have I done? Sure. But what I like to do is just understand that Everybody has that. That's a limiting belief, and it was instilled in me by somebody that I love, right, um, as a child because I didn't have any tools to kind of say that's, say that's a lie, yep. right, um, and, and understand my power as a young child. But I think the biggest exercise you can do is you can just write down everything you've accomplished in your life. You know, I, you know David Goggins calls it the cookie jar. Yes. Right? Um, I call it, you know, I don't even know what I call it. I just write things down, right? Yeah. Things down like what have I done, and then I step away. I come back, I close my eyes and I read that like I'm not reading my own accomplishments. So if it were like Eric Allen's list, I'm like, dude, you're, you're, you're a dude. And then I say, I've done that. That is me. Yeah. Like I've done that. I've literally come out of the gutter, not having anything, losing my house, losing my car and the mortgage meltdown of the two thousands had to f come back to Florida from California, live with my mom for a little bit and struggle without a car and now look at where I'm at. Hmm. Like how yeah. could how could anybody think someone like that is an imposter, right? Because it's like what have you accomplished in your life? Now there's people out there that really aren't doing anything and I'm sorry, let's just be real, you probably do have that imposter syndrome because it's true. Right. But we all have these mind patterns and these things that go through our our brains of, you know, Am, am I really the dude? Right. And, you know, so, so to answer your question, like, man, just step away, write it down, step away and just look what you've accomplished. And then like, you know, read it objectively and then say like, wow, that that's actually me. Mm. That's so good, man. I never even thought about that. That is so good. Yeah. Uh, people need to be taking inventory of what they actually have accomplished and, and get rid of that imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. For you, you do a lot of speaking with companies on culture and core values. Is there a common theme that you see when companies are struggling with that? And how do they get over that? Um, as far as the, the culture? Oh, because yeah. they're not winning. Because that's, that's easy. They're not winning. Yeah. You know, you have one person winning in an office. Let's, let's think about this. You're in a sales organization. It's highly competitive. You're seen. Okay. And you have Sean French over here that's high performer. And then you have B minus and C players. Yeah. What does that do to culture? It destroys it, right? Mm. So the common thing, common theme that I see is like, okay, this person right here, we gotta we gotta work with with everybody else and work with this person to get this ship righted. It's they're C players are never gonna get here, but if they're right here, kind of on the on the coattails of that A plus player, then culture changes. So um, I do that by looking at their habits. Okay, okay, what's the calendar cadence, guys? 
let me see your calendar. Let me see your electronic calendar. Mm-hmm. So I, I go into a, a sales floor and I look at it. Okay, you have nothing there. What are you supposed to be doing right now? Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's prospecting time. We're supposed to be on the phone. I'm like, well, then why are you talking to Johnny over there? Yes. You're disrespecting not only your calendar, but yourself by mm-hmm. not sticking to the process of what's going to make you successful. So, you know, you fix culture very simply, checking into their habits and getting them to perform. Then everybody's happy. So good, man. And my calendar is like to the minute throughout the day, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, dude, every single minute has to be taken care of with something. And, you know, there's a couple that have like some of that time is mental, like break time. But like mm-hmm. every minute on my calendar has to be filled where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to fill out that spot. You know? <laughs> you're, you're, dude, you're just like me. It's five o'clock and I've got a I've got a three. I've got three to four thirty open. Better yeah. do something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny, man. It's oh, funny. It's... So good. I want to talk about your podcast, man, because if folks haven't listened to your podcast yet, they absolutely need to. It's a freaking amazing show, dude. Seriously, good Thank stuff you. on there. And I'd love to ask this question to other podcasts, but why did you other, why did you decide to start your podcast and how has it helped you in your business? Wow. Big answer. So I remember being in training in 2020. I just left paychecks, right? It's a human capital management company, human, yep. you know, human resource payroll, like workers comp, all that kind of stuff. And I decided to tackle the medical industry sales and OR based, right? Or operating room mm-hmm. uh, for those that are listening. And I did three weeks of, of book work after my last day at paychecks was Valentine's day of 2020. So you already know where this is going. Yeah. Okay? And you know, I spent so many years at paychecks, just stressed and, and don't get me wrong. I love paychecks for what it did. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without paychecks. Inc. Let's just, mm-hmm. let's be very clear. And Dan Tufferello and my wife who have kept me straight from jumping off the ledge many times. Yeah. And, um, start the book work on February 17th for my medical job. Three weeks goes by. I don't know what's going on because I don't understand these terms, but Hey, it's cool. I get to go to Colorado for training. I'm gonna learn everything there. Then COVID happened while I was in Denver, Colorado. It blew up. NBA canceled their season. I was like, all right, well, I don't really watch the NBA. No big deal for me, but I like March Madness and they're done now. So we got a problem, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so uh, they sent us home and I get home completely overweight and, and fat, just disgusting fat. Okay. And I can say that because I'm, I'm honest with myself, right? Mm-hmm. And that's from years of not taking care of myself and being stressed. Cortisol levels are high. You know, I'm going out to lunch all the time, just slamming food. And, um, I get back and I'm like, you know, no one knows what this COVID thing really is. I don't know if it'll kill me. You know, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but I'm going to respect it. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to the narrative. I'm going to respect it. Yep. So I need to start, you know, going on this journey. I want, I need to figure my life out. I need to be here for my kids, my wife. And, um, you know, so I'm sitting there one day in July, right. I'm like, I just hadn't taken action. You know, I went on a crash diet, lost 15 pounds, gained it all back. Mm. I'm like, I need to do something. I need a, I need a program. Right. Yeah. And, um, I'm flipping through Instagram and all of a sudden I see something on 75 hard. Danny for And I yeah. followed Danny for for a lot of years, right. All the way back to MF CEO from episode one. Come on. Okay. I'm an OG. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I was like, wow, 75 hard, you know, this is, this looks very tough. I was like, well, I haven't eaten anything today. So I, it's not a cheat day. I'm like, let me start this now. So I started that and on that journey, that 75 days, my mind started, you know, kind of waking up a little bit and be like, dude, there's so much more for you. Like you, you, like 
you're you're not fulfilled just being in corporate sales. Like you're doing a great job, but that's not, you want to make a bigger change in the world. And I'm like, I got to invent something, but I'm not an inventor. And I'm sitting there this whole time, like, and I'm starting to get depressed during 75 because these ideas aren't coming to me. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to all these podcasts. I'm trying to figure this stuff out. So then I took a podcast cleanse. My best friend, Mike Christensen says, he's like, dude, one of these days you're going to come up with something really great. He goes, but for right now, stop listening to podcasts. I'm like, dude, the self-development. He goes, bro, it's messing with your head. Just take a break. I took a five-day break. I'm driving down the road. Like, I, I mean, like, it was almost like my brain exploded in my vehicle. Yeah. All these ideas. I'm like, why don't we live in this determined society where people have a goal and they reverse engineer what they want and they figure out how to go get it? I'm like, determined society. I go, the determined society. Like, wow, how cool. I'll do shirts. I haven't done, I've done it, but then I didn't follow through with that part yet. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, how hard is it to, to start a podcast? I think I, I want to do a podcast. I've always wanted one, but now I got something to talk about. Right. Yeah. And, um, I went on YouTube and put my information in an anchor in five minutes at a podcast. And I did my show in my car the first season. Come on growth man so that's how it happens <laughs> that's that's, that's the cliff note version bro <laughs> i'm laughing so much right now because our story is still even like right now like what you just said is crazy close to mine i was in denver colorado when COVID hit i was there the first week of march with the company that i'm with now and i met them and then i never saw them again and then i started my podcast literally had no idea i was in a walk-in closet almost my first hundred episodes I rem- i've heard that i've heard that Dude, and you know, someone's like, "How do I listen on Apple?" I was like, "What the hell is that, man?" I was just uploading to the YouTube, calling it a podcast, man. You know, <laughs> it, you know, it's so funny because, like, if you look back at that, because I heard that episode, it was with Brian Covey. Yeah, you guys talked about that. Yeah, and um, you know, it's funny because I, I think about that, and I like, I, I like to beat myself up, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at that, right? Sure. Of uh, saying like, "Hey, you're not where you need to be as far as your podcast, whatever." But then my wife always reminds me, she goes, hey, remind me where episode four of your podcast was was filmed. I'm like, what are you talking about filmed? She goes, where'd you do it? I was like, well, I was driving around in my neighborhood trying to get quiet and I was in the SUV. And she goes, now look at it. Come on. You know, and it was a solo cast back then, man. I had like two guests and it was just me getting out of the gym, getting fired up and venting into the you know, thing, calling out a podcast. Now it's a production, man. Dude, it's so good, man. Podcasting has been so much fun to just open up massive doors. My wife, she does the same thing. She's like, look, when you started this thing, you didn't know what you're doing. Now you have people paying to be on your podcast. I'm like, that's right. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty rad. You know, like yeah. I have to open my eyes a little bit there. Uh, I want to talk about your book though, real quick. I mean, you yeah. wrote this book called unstoppable. You're giving it away for free. People just have to pay for shipping. This is unbelievable. Yeah. What's the journey you take readers on in this book? How I went from broke to six figures in literally six months um, okay. by, by utilizing the high performance mindset habits that I put in the book. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the shot, like the shot to the heart right there. It's like, Hey, if you're a salesperson, you know, and you're at, you know, you're not hitting that hundred K 150 K 200 K then you, then this is how I did it, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, it's, it, you know how sales is, man, it's habits. Yeah. It's really all it is. People like to complicate it more. Yep. But they need coaches like myself and yourself to be like, hey, you know, um, you know, this is this is how it's done. Like, here's real strategy. And that's the cool thing about the book. I actually give, you know, strategy that they can actually employ. Yes. Not just platitudes. Right. Right. And uh, I dude, I didn't know you charged me on your show. I feel honored, man. Gosh. Yeah. Like, I I wow. 
This is uh, like VIP. Yeah, man. Come on, dude. I, if it's a good match and fit, I'll, I'll do a, I'll, I'll take on guests. Like you and I were in the same uh, Craig's group. Right. Yep. Um, but I, when I first started, I started having a ton of people just reach out and say, can I be a guest on your show? And I'm like, Oh yeah, no problem. Well, the problem was <laughs> like, it was pulling me off my For guest sure. list of that, like my target. Right. And I was like, man, yeah. I'm, I, I got the set target list people that I want to get, get on my show. And these mm-hmm. other people are keep going and I don't know how to say no. Right. And so I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to start charging people. And I started at 50 bucks yeah. and then I, like, I got a bunch of people paying 50 bucks. Then I bumped it to 150, and now I'm up to $500 just to be on my show and people are paying Beautiful. it. I'm like, all right, man, we'll take it. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It, it, no, I, I love it, dude. I, I think it's great. And, and dude, I've listened to your show, you know, I still need to go give you a review and I will. Oh, yeah, it's, no, all it's, good. It's incredible. <laughs> it's, it, it, I mean, like, dude, to, to even be on your show and, and to have this conversation with you is, uh, is valuable to me. So I appreciate it. Man, absolutely, dude. So as we head into 2023, like, what are you most excited about right now? You know, I, I just, for me, that is such a tough one, man. You know, I'm excited to look back in 2023, like, in October where we're at and see how far I've come. Come on. Yeah. Right? And how, and how many people I'm impacting. You know, my, my goal is to be, is to impact millions of people. It is not just here locally. I think a lot bigger than that. Yeah. So for me, I think in 2023, when I look back at it, you know, I've spoken at, I've, I've spoken at a big conference, you know, for a fee, you yeah. know, come on, man. not the pay, awesome. not the pay, right. You want me on your stage? Come on. There's a fee. Yep. Is owning that confidence, owning my, my value. And then looking back at it and be like, man, look at all that growth that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people are living better lives you know, because of the work that I'm doing for them. So good, man. I, I, I got paid my, my first time this year to, to speak on a, a virtual stage, 50 bucks for, for a 20 minute talk. And I thought, man, that was the best thing. I got the check on my wall. I'm like, dude, now I'm going to 10 X and then hundred X that thing. The next time I go speak, man. And you will, <laughs> and you will. That's man. for dang sure. I'm a big fan of music. So I love to ask the question, like what's a favorite type of music for you? Do you have a favorite band you like to listen to? I'm hip hop, dude. I'm West coast rap all the way. Come on. I mean, yeah, I grew up there. Uh, Tupac for me is big. Yeah. Um, you know, love it. You know, I, I, I do mess around with a little, a little bit of a Lil Wayne here and there. Okay. Yeah. Um, old school five Oh four boys. I love, you know, the dirty South rap, the hip hop. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, it's just, it, for me, hip hop really gets to me. Um, it, it is something that if I'm listening to hip hop during a workout, it unlocks a chamber in my brain that nothing else can. Mm. Um, if I'm sitting around the house and I want to be, I want to be listening to country music with my wife. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would never go to a hip hop concert, but I'll go to any country (laughs) concert. (laughs) That's awesome. The very first CD I ever owned was Arrested Development, uh, with the song Tennessee on it back in the day. Right. And uh, then I actually got to speak to Speech, who's the lead singer of the band, on my show when I first started this thing, man. It was the coolest thing to have a conversation with him. I was like, shut up, dude. No way. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome, man. And I've been listening. I'm like a big rocker guy, but love listening to hip hop. And I've been really into Hilltop Hoods lately, man. Um, I haven't heard them. They're actually out of Australia. And I was someone, I was on a podcast. I'm like, dude, you got to check out Hilltop Hoods. And I was like, who are these guys? And I got hooked. Um, They're awesome. Hilltop Hoods. Send me that. Send me that on the, send me that over, over text. I yeah. forgot one. I'm, I can't believe I forgot this. Eminem. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> you throw Eminem, you throw yeah. Eminem in my ears, whether I'm driving or I'm in the car, I'm a different person. Yeah. Come on. That's awesome, <laughs> yeah, dude. That's my guy. I love him. He's the greatest. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, Sean, it's such an honor to have you on my show, dude. You're an absolute world changer, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and joining me on, man. This is absolutely amazing. You dropped so many bombs, man. Thank you so much. Hey, it was a pleasure, man. Thank you so much, dude. Appreciate you. Hey, thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take a listen or watch. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with such amazing guests, and I hope that they've made an impact on your life in some way, shape, or form. And you can do me one big favor. That would be huge. Click that subscribe button, and then second favor, hit that share button. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Keep changing the world. I believe in you.